There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. If you've been tuning in for a while, you know this program is all about helping people create more meaningful and purposeful lives and equipping leaders inside organizations to cultivate meaning and purpose that elicits passion, inspired contribution, innovation, and persevering performance. I talk with my guests to draw on their expertise and share my own experience consulting, speaking, and developing workforces across the globe. And every week in these conversations, I hope you walk away with something you can immediately put to use. And if I can do anything to help you along your journey, go to my website at elisecortez.com and use the contact me feature to message me. And let's open a conversation and explore what's going on for you and how I might be able to help. Whether you want to join the distribution list to stay informed of these radio show topics, you want to see about joining a Catch Fire online inspiration accountability or mastermind community to nurture your own purpose or bring it out to the world you want to look into the purpose-driven leadership program for yourself or your team which are offered on-site or via webcast you're interested in the women on purpose thought leadership summit in portland this fall or if you'd like me to come speak for your company or conference at any rate i'm glad we're connected and thanks for listening now on to this week's program with us today is Melrick Mitchell, a talent development expert, corporate coach, conference speaker, and author. He is the CEO and founder of Drive Influence, which serves global executives and organizations of various sizes and operations who are looking to accelerate both performance levels and business acumen. And he's the author of Kinetic Life, Unleash Your Potential. We'll be talking about his recent speaking topic of hacking your career along with this book. Mel, welcome to Working on Purpose. Hey, hey. Uh- Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Elise. You're so welcome. And let's just share with our listeners how it is that we met. Both you and I were speaking for the International Association of Business Communicators Conference. I think it was in April. And you were minding your very own business when I tapped you on the shoulder and said, I think we should talk on air. And you were good enough to say, yes, I accept. So thanks. Yes. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So so let's get started here. We only have less than an hour together, Mel, and we're going to be talking about hacking our careers to navigate to align with our purpose and our audacious goals, which is the gist of the whole conversation today. But let's open first, if we can, with this idea of meaning, something we both love to talk about and work from in our consulting and speaking. You said in one of our initial conversations in prep for the show that if we look for meaning, we can apply the learning to what we want to do next, whatever that next is. That's intriguing. Say more. Yes. So, so meaning is very important uh, for for several reasons. One, from the standpoint of alignment, impact, and even just the next moves and next opportunities often come from when you do things that have deep meaning. Um, and what I mean by meaning, I guess I should also define that is it's something that that speaks to your core, speaks to your heart, uh, you kind of just feel it sometimes, right? Um, and, and, and it oftentimes aligns with something that's even greater than yourself, right? And so, so meaning, I think, is, is, is highly important, especially when it comes for, to, to planning your career, to making that impact that you want to have in the world. 
And that impact could be large, it could be small, it could be, you know, just for two or three people in your family, or it could be for an entire organization or a community. But I think to be able to align to that meaning and align it to your purpose is, is so important. I completely agree. And as you know, I also very much speak about meaning, passion, inspiration, and purpose. In fact, you and I are absolutely singing from the same sheet of music for sure and what we speak on and what we what we consult on. And and to that end, I think though you are you've got a really specific niche though about what you're speaking on in terms of hacking your career. And what I want to situate for our listeners is that I know so many people, Mel, and I know you do too, who are just aching to go do something else that's more meaningful and purposeful, but they feel stuck and ill prepared. So just briefly for our listeners, what are you speaking about in this topic of hacking your career? Okay, so so let, before I even speak about hacking your career, I just want to throw out a couple quick notes and key points. So uh, going back to when I was in college, right, so they always used to talk about, and this is like in the late 80s, early 90s, like the whole career ladder, right? You'll go stay in a role for a while, and then you go to the next one, and, and it's all systematic. Guess what? All that's gone today. That whole career ladder, things have changed so much in it. In the past 10 years, with, with automation, with AI, with, with different tools and technologies and just the way that we do what we do, that the career ladder has been totally disrupted. But that's also a good thing because it, guess what? It's, in, it's enabled us to have a large degree of freedom of movement to try a lot of different things. And I think that's one of the key things to when it comes to hacking your career is first realizing, guess what? This is your career. It's not your managers. It's not your, the, the corporate presidents. This is yours. This is something that you own and you have ownership of it. And you can map this thing out wherever you want it to go. So if there's some things that speak to you that they say, hey, no, I really would like to try. I want to be an engineer. I also want to do leadership development. And I want to like do a lot of work in the, the volunteer space and, you know, NGOs and nonprofits and travel the world. At first, those things might not even look aligned, but guess what? Hey, you can actually do all of them. I have done all of them. <laughs> That's kind of like my background a little bit, right? And so hacking your career, I believe part of it is one, stepping out on faith, but also pursuing those things that have deep meaning to you, that you're highly passionate about, and moving forward. Completely agree with that. And I I, th- I know so many people that are resistant to that path. And that's one of the reasons that I, if you, you, you may remember in, in our common talks there at the IABC is I refer to myself as the anti-undertaker because I'm really out to try to awaken people to their passion, their inspiration, their purpose, their meaning, because I think so many people have been willing to believe that they can't have that. Yeah. It's not for them. Somebody That's for somebody else who's more lucky or more privileged, but it's not for them. No, it, it's there. Definitely there. It's for everybody. It's for I, everyone. I completely agree, Mel, and that's why you and I are going to keep charging doing the work that we're doing, right? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> well, let's get into our book. Anything else you wanted to say about what you're speaking on there for hacking your career before we get into the book? Um, I, I would just like to just... Restate again what you say, said, for those of you that are looking to, to modify, shift, change, or do something different, step out on it. And if you're a little, little bit hesitant on stepping out on it, 
try a portion of it in your current role in some form or fashion, even if it's just a, a snippet, but try it there. Okay. Really quick, along those lines, we just got a question from the chat room here, Mel. The question is, is it bad to have a lot of jobs in a short amount of time? Part of that is, is, is it depends. Uh, one thing I was reading somewhere, it was saying that we're going to have at a minimum probably at least 14 different types of jobs and roles over time. And a lot of employers are kind of expecting to see employees go from different types of roles. Uh, throughout time and there are different points in time based upon where you are in life that I think that also sometimes comes into play when early in career it's kind of expected a lot of times that you'll have a lot of different roles but as you know sometimes if we get a little bit older we might not have as many different types of roles but I think the the another way to look at it is experiences and so maybe one of the things that you might stay with one company for a while, but guess what? You can have a lot of different experiences. And all of those experiences oftentimes build upon each other. Mm-hmm. Great response, Mel. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. Let's dive into your book now here and get as much as we can out of that for our listeners. So the book is called Kinetic Life, and I appreciate it so much that you wrote it in the form of a fable or a story. And you featured Alex, or Le- excuse me, Alexis. She's the young mm-hmm. woman trying to launch her career, and her mentor Will. Those are the two main characters in the book. And I really, what I got first from just the way you did that was so important for us to recruit mentors into our lives, especially when we want to transform our careers and chase audacious goals. And so let's start with the idea of mentors. So important we recruit them. Have you had any great mentors that have really made a difference in your life? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, I can give two quick examples. So the first, I would say, real mentor that I had uh, was a gentleman by the name of Mr. A.C. Hollins. Uh, AC actually recruited me directly out of college, and one of the things that he did for me was he allowed me to try things, and if I failed, he allowed me to learn from it and continue to grow. And he provided new opportunities consistently for me based upon he was he would recognize like oh, you like helping to recruit even though you're an engineer oh yeah well go ahead we're going to let you go recruit at this next career fair. Why? Because he could see that it's going to help me in my career long term. And AC has done just so much for me. Uh, My career wouldn't be where it is today without him. Can I, let me comment really quick on that, Mel. So what I would love for our listeners, especially those who are currently leaders or aspiring leaders to hear, from what I hear from that is one of the things I recommend to leaders is lead people as to who they from the vantage point of who they can become, not who you see them to be today. Who can they grow into? Lead them from that vantage point, and they will never forget you for that. Oh, exactly. And exactly. You will never forget them for that, I should say. Yeah. yeah. And, and the other example? Uh, so the other example uh, is a person by the name of Mario Pipkin. And so Mario is my mentor when I was at Microsoft. And the thing that I really liked about Mario was... You can ask a question and he will give you the real answer. No, it, it, no watered down, no nothing. I was like, hey, Mario, what are they really saying here? Mel, check it out. This is what they're saying. Boom, 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 boom. Now, this is what you need to do in order to counteract that. Okay. And in and, and that scenario and in that work environment, that's the type of mentor I needed. I didn't need like the all huggy-filly type. 
I needed real answers to where I can grow from it. And so, right. Go ahead. Sorry, Mel. So, so I would encourage folks to find those mentors that can provide that real feedback that you can grow from. Because when you look at it, right, if you're about to walk in the traffic, you want somebody that's going to give you direct feedback. Hey, don't go over there. That's a little bit dangerous. Sometimes you need mentors that are going to speak to you in exact that same way. It might sting sometimes, but guess what? Growth is going to come from it. Yes, and it's much easier to, to hear those kinds of pieces of feedback when we know that that mentor stands for us. He or she is standing for us becoming as successful and fulfilled as we can be, so their feedback will be heard from that vantage point. And and I really believe everybody needs a mentor and or a couple coaches. I have two coaches myself. You just can't you can't get there with, without help. Oh, um, all right. And, and I'll say for me, just shortly, some people have listened for a while have heard me share the story, but probably my best mentor, Mel, was the gentleman I worked for when I first got out of high school. I didn't go to college immediately, and I was with him for 19 month, 18, 18 months or so, and then he fired me at age 19. Mm-hmm. And, and I was so taken aback. I loved working for him. He pushed me. He taught me so much. He had high expectations of me. He never doubted I could not do something. He just assumed I could, so I figured out how to do it, and I did it. And so that was great. But the best thing about it, though, Mel, and listeners, if you've gone through this, he fired me because he said it would be a crime to keep you here. You can do and be so much more. You've got to go see the world. You've got to get an education and you've got to do something with yourself. But before you go, hire your replacement. (laughs) And, you know, I think he must him and AC must have been friends. Right. Uh, (laughs) Because when when I got ready to leave uh, Bechtel, I was starting to look around, and AC was like, hey, no, we can't provide you the opportunity that you need here to grow. I hate to see you leave, but the best thing for you will be to leave for your career. You can always come back, but you need to go. So I think uh, uh, your mentor and my mentor were friends. Well, he's still a friend today. He's 83 years old, and he's still inventing products as a civil engineer from his training. And he's out, and I'm cheering for him now. And I'm so proud of him. I could bust Mel. I'll see him AC, in a couple months when I come through Portland. Fantastic. And, and AC was a uh, project engineer over a lot of civil engineering projects. Yeah, that's oh, just good stuff. See, yeah. they probably do know each other. Uh huh. Okay, well, well, I want to situate, we have just a couple minutes before this first break, I, I yeah. want to situate for our listeners your book, because the way you've written it is really quite quite, quite brilliant and thoughtful. So, your book is called Kinetic Life, Unleash Your Potential, and it's a systematic process that enables, uh, sorry, that's it's called Kinetic Life, but the thing that I want to showcase is that you have created a systematic process that enables the readers to achieve their audacious goals and, and equips them with tools for the journey and it's just it really is punchy like that I love that and you break it into parts of head excuse me heart head body and staying kinetic those are your four parts so the first part is passion and of course you know I love to talk about that Um, but if you can let's just go ahead and crack that one first as one of the chapters that we want to situate and give access to our listeners for what do you mean by passion Okay, so passion, the best way I can explain passion is this. It's an activity that you like to do that if it was removed from you, you will feel a loss in your life. So for some technology, they're passionate about creating and doing things in technology. And if you can no longer do that, you'll feel a loss. If you're passionate about creating music, playing music, 
and it was taken from you, that would feel like a loss. Or connecting and talking with people or presenting, whatever it might be, that is something that if it was taken away from you, you will feel a significant loss. Okay, I really like that, Mel. That is that is totally accessible for our listeners. And since that's the first step is to start to identify what are our passions, that's a good place to start and leave our listeners thinking about when we go on our first break. Let's grab that now. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Melarek Mitchell. He is a talent development expert, corporate coach, conference speaker, and author. He's the author of Kinetic Life, Unleash Your Potential. He joins us today from Dallas, Texas. We've been talking a bit about how to go about hacking our careers, the importance of meaning, and now uh, now passion. After the break, we're going to get more into the book and talk about purpose. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Melrick Mitchell. He is a talent development expert, corporate coach, conference speaker, and author. He is the CEO and founder of Drive Influence, which serves global executives and organizations of various sizes and operations who are looking to accelerate both performance levels and business acumen. He's also the author of Kinetic Life, Unleash Your Potential. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So, Mel, before the break, we were just starting to get into some of the chapters of your book, and the idea that I had was I really wanted to give our listeners something they could really chew on in this conversation and walk away with something very useful and something that they could actually put into practice once they, they, they leave us. So your next chapter after the after passion is purpose. And you talk about the importance of identifying values and why they're important in that chapter. So say more a bit about how people can gain access to their purpose through your system. Yeah. So, so one of the key things when you think about purpose, essentially the Identifying your purpose is understanding your why, your why. And so when you look at, you, know, you have these passions that, that, that are within you, and then you also have values, too, that are also tied to it, right, that, that are tied to who you are. And if you, look, if you combine those two, you can identify a lot of times what is your purpose, why do you have these things? And you have to ask yourself some of these questions. And it is, this is not like a, a two-second thing, but it's something that you that you need to spend some time and let it marinate, but also search within yourself. Because see, when you, when you understand what your, your your purpose is, it makes life a lot easier for you. And it also makes it easier for you to make decisions on what you should do, right? And what type of roles perhaps you should apply for or what? Where you should volunteer, maybe to to build up some skills in a certain area, to do certain things, if you know your why. Uh, 
Totally agree with that, Mel. And I'll just add that to me, the way I language that, and it fits with what you're saying is, our purpose becomes the lens through which we evaluate opportunities. Does it fit into our purpose zone or does it not? And I think that's why it, it helps for us to be able to make decisions and frankly, give us courage to go do things that we wouldn't otherwise have if we weren't aligned with our purpose. Correct. And, and, and a lot of times, I will see people just wander in their careers. They go over here and try something. They don't go try something else. And and they're just kind of like just floating like a like a toy like a boat in the ocean without a rudder. But when you know your purpose, then you can set direction. Mm-hmm. You can bear through those waves and and the wind against you if you know what your purpose is because why you have a direction. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Uh, we just got a question in the chat room that's pertinent to this, so let's go ahead and grab that now. It, it is, how do you find your why? You're kind of talking about that. But if you would, maybe say a bit more from the book that might help that that listener with that question, yeah. please, Mel. And, and so so part of that why, uh, look at it also from this standpoint, is from what would you like to do with these skills, with, with the skills that you've acquired throughout life, with your passion, with your with your values, and what do you want to do with it? If you, if you can make a, a small dent in the world, what, what would you want to do? Who would you want to help? Because, because when you start to look at those items, that also helps to explain your why and your purpose. Because, for example, and a lot of the things about that came about in this in kinetic life came from conversations I had with my mentees. And one of my mentees, uh, she's passionate about the environment. And one of the things that she really wants to do is pr- make sure people have access to clean drinking water. She's an environmental engineer, but everything that she does now kind of leads back to environmental-related items and clean drinking water. And so. Mm-hmm. Her goal is to make sure that people have access to clean drinking water. And we think that that's something simple, but it's not. No, it isn't. I'll just add something really quick so we can stay on track and get more from your book just to give something else to that listener. Another thing to think about is what do you stand for? You know, when you think about who you are in the world, what do you stand for? In her case, it's being able to have access to good, good drinking water as one of the things she stands for. Another place to look for your why is you start to look at some of the things that you have addressed in your life that maybe you've spent years trying to discover for yourself, handle for yourself, heal from. So that wrestle that you've been dealing with for a long time can be a really important place to look. Maybe that wrestle is what you is what you can offer to the world to help them with the same issue. That's one of the yeah. places. Right. So we talked about that as well. But just want to offer that to that listener who's, you know, I can hear the ache behind the question. Where, how do I find the why? Mm-hmm. So let's go on to the next chapter that I love so much, Mel. It's the, the term that you use in it is audacity in your so named chapter. Um, so first, what do you mean by audacious goal and why is it important to have an audacious goal? OK, so, and so these three items, your passion, purpose and audacious goal they all align to what's in your heart, right? That's your motivators. And and an audacious goal, for me to define it for you, is this. It's a goal that's so big that it scares you. It should scare you. It should be something that you cannot achieve by yourself. You have to build a team. The other aspect of it is this. For you to achieve your audacious goal, you're going to have to grow. You're going to have to stretch. You're going to have to learn something new. It's, it's, 
It's essentially your hero's journey, right? If you look at all heroes, doesn't matter what movie you pick out. It could be Luke Skywalker at the very beginning of Star Wars. who's you know, basically almost like a farm boy. And then he becomes a Jedi Knight. He grew a little bit. We, too, must also grow to achieve our audacious goal. And that audacious goal should, again, be built upon your why, your purpose. And so when you look at that why, let's say your, your, your why is to ensure that people have access to clean drinking water. Now you can ratchet it up even a little bit higher to saying, hey, I want to make sure that everyone in this area or X amount of people have access or it's no longer a question anymore. Right. So when you think of like uh, when Microsoft first started, Bill Gates and Paul Allen's audacious goal was a computer in home, a computer in every home and office. That's a pretty audacious goal. You need sure a whole is. lot of people to do that. Right. Sure is. <laughs> and, and so so create that audacious goal. And this is something that you're not going to achieve in like, oh, I'm going to be done with it by next year. No. You're yeah, going it to might take your whole lifetime. It might take your whole Correct. lifetime to keep working yes. at this. A whole lifetime and other people's lifetimes. It might be something that you start and you hand off. And, and to that end, one of the things, in fact, this happened in the in the very audience that I was speaking in. I know you were in that audience. I don't know if you remember this question, but when I finished my 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 talk, one of the audience members said, "Well, you know, does it have to does do, does my why have to be connected to some big old thing? I mean, does can it just be this other little? I don't think I need to save the world. Do you remember that question? Kind of a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Well, speak yeah. to that, if you would, a little bit, why it is important that we have something audacious. Yes. So, one, it's, it's, a, it's a motivator. It, it provides that, that. So, when you get up in the morning, you're like, what am I going to do? Oh, I, need, I have my why that I'm working on, my audacious goal that I'm pushing towards. And, and even if your goal is not to save the world, guess what? It, whatever your goal is, Raise the bar and raise the level of excellence that's also on it. Um, because one, it's going to help you to grow. But the other thing is when we push towards our goals and we let our light shine, it also motivates others. And mm-hmm. we're, when, regardless of what you're doing in life, there's always somebody watching. Always mm-hmm. somebody watching and, and, and growing and learning from what you do, even if you never speak to them. And so, so by you doing what you do at a high level and pushing hard, it's also going to motivate others. I completely agree with that. We have a chat, a question in the chat room, which I'm going to hold for just a second because it's going to get to one of the other questions that we have here. So let's go ahead and grab your chapter on focus, which of course I really also appreciate because, you know, none of this is going to happen if we don't start engaging our head too, which is Mm -hmm. the section that it's in. So you, you talk about how important it is for us to, to, to be able to engage our focus to achieve these audacious goals, especially when working from purpose. Can you say a bit more about how we can, how we can achieve focus? Yes. And, and focus is part of a process, right? Because where we place our focus changes our thoughts. Our thoughts change our actions and our actions change our reality. And so oftentimes where you place your focus, so let's just go back to being an environmentalist, right? Since I used her as an example at the beginning. And so therefore her focus needs to be on other environmental items, other items that also targeted towards water, maybe also items targeted towards conservation and those things. 
but her focus cannot be over on, oh, let me also look at, um, I don't know, um, cars, right? Maybe, yes, cars contribute to the environment, but that's not our primary focus area. And so we're, you, you're going to have to like filter some things out in order to increase your focus. But as you do this, a level of discipline also is going to come about in what you're doing. But the way that you think and the way that you see things also will begin to shift and change. Mm-hmm. And you'll also I, notice that your actions are starting to align to what you want to do. That was beautiful, Mel. I think you really gave something to our listeners for that. That was beautifully narrated. Now, related also, you, and also in the head section of your book, you have a, a chapter on influence, which I think is extremely important. Uh, it's a very important process in, in, in cultivating for our audacious goals. And so first, if you would say a bit about what do you mean by influence and how can we incorporate influence to our work from the, from the purpose vantage point to go for what we're going for, for that audacious goal. Yes. And so the reason, one of the reasons why I use influence uh, actually comes from John Maxwell, uh, leadership development expert. And I've read a ton of John's books, but one of the things that John says when it comes to leadership is leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And so therefore, what I mean by influence is, one, you want to have an impact into the greater world and to the greater community in which you're working in, but also, it also points back to how well are you leading yourself? Because in order for you to achieve whatever goal that you set in life, could be large, large audacious goal. It might even be the small goal. If you don't lead yourself well, it's going to be extremely hard to get there. So you first must look at how are you going to influence yourself to get up and get moving continuously. Mm-hmm. Well, that leads us to the next part of the book here that I think is important. And now we're in the body part of the book, and you outline the importance of staying in action. So you mentioned getting moving before. I can, I love action. My number one strength for Gallup is achievement. So, mm-hmm. yes, movement is important for me. So is completion. Um, and and this is where this I want to map this over to this maybe this person's question in the chat room. You go on to identify that a big reason people often don't act toward their audacious goal is this little thing called fear. Yes, fear. That's a big four-letter word right there. (laughs) It sure is. It's probably one of the worst four-letter words that are out there when it comes to our behavior because fear creates inactivity oftentimes. And oftentimes it's not even a real item. You know, you'll hear some, well, what will they say? What would they say? We don't even know who they is. But for, somehow they are keeping us from doing what we need to do because it's, it's a type of an ingrained fear. But one of the, the, the good things about it is once you start moving and start tackling those things that, that you have a fear of, you realize, like, you know what? They're not that big. And so we have to overcome fear. We have to face it face to face. And then step through it and step forward. And guess what? If part of your, your, your fear or apprehension is failure, go ahead and make failure your friend. You have to make failure your friend and embrace it because that's going to happen. We're all going to make slips and falls. None of us learned how to walk or crawl on the first try. It just didn't happen, right? So we slipped. We fell. We got up. Slip, fell, got up. Got up again. Oh, now I'm walking a little bit farther. Okay, I'm starting to get this thing down. But you have to push through fear and don't let it hold you back. Uh, Zig Ziglar used to say, 
fear is false evidence appearing real. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And it is false. Beautiful, Mel. Let's grab our last break. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We're on the air with Melarick Mitchell. He's a talent development expert, corporate coach, conference speaker, and author. He's the author of Kinetic Life, Unleash Your Potential. He joins us today from Dallas, Texas. After the break, we'll finish more in his book and go on to hear about some of the ways he applies this within organizations and people. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now... Back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Melarick Mitchell. He is a talent development expert, corporate coach, conference speaker, and author. He is the CEO and founder of Drive Influence, which serves global performance, excuse me, global executives and organizations of various size and operations who are looking to accelerate both performance levels and business acumen. And he's the author of Kinetic Life, Unleash Your Potential. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So, Mel, one of the questions that came in the chat room while we were while we were chatting, and it was related, I wanted to serve it up after we talked about how we, we would confront fear. The question is, should every goal scare us? So, I would say not every goal, but I would say your audacious goal should scare you. Mm-hmm. And so, then, and within that audacious goal, then break it down into smaller steps, right, into more bite-sized chunks. And those things should be doable, right? And and oftentimes it also requires that you start to build a form of momentum. Uh, Someone once was asking me, so Mel, how did you write your book? I said, I just started off like five minutes a day until I was able to build up some momentum towards, you know, I could build it out in a little bit stronger context. And so all your goals should not scare you, but some of your goals should stretch you. Mm-hmm. Now, you said something about staying in momentum, and I wonder if that isn't related. You have a system you talk about in the book about staying in daily action toward 60 and 90 day goals. Is that what you mean by being in momentum? That's part of it, yes. So, okay. so uh, oftentimes I encourage groups, teams, organizations, individuals to, to break down what their goals are into a 30, 60, 90 day timeline. And so that provides a snapshot on where you're going, and it also helps you to keep pace for what are some of the core things that you need to do. And so at the, in the 30-day time frame, you're pretty granular within that space on what are some of the core things that you need to do, uh, actions and tasks and those things. And at the 60-day, when you're writing it out, it's a little bit more high level. And at the 90-day, it's even higher from a standpoint of, you know, these are just some of the core outcomes. And then you just keep every month start uh, refining that the next 30 days, if that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so, 
And so the, the key thing is just staying at it, right? And regardless of what your goal is, if your goal is working out, exercising, hey, just do something every day. It could be small. Like I say, five minutes. It might be, hey, you know what? I'm going to walk a little bit more today. I'm going to do the stairs instead of the elevator. But do some things that continue to contribute to where you want to go. And look, and, and look for those gaps in your time where you can do some of these things. And I would just add to that, Mel. I had uh, the privilege of interviewing Jeff Hayden on air. He's the author of The Motivation Myth. And what he taught me and our listeners is that it, it doesn't. when we do those steps, whenever it, when we put ourselves into that action, it's that feeling that we get from feeling like we are making progress mm-hmm. that gives us even more juice and fuel to keep going. So it doesn't occur as, oh my gosh, I have to slog through this. It actually feels good because you know you're working toward that big audacious goal and that gives you wind in your sails. Yes. And one additional thing I think that we, we forget to do I know I do very often. I forget to do this. Is celebrate your wins. Celebrate your wins. So if you're starting to build momentum, celebrate it. Right? You don't have to go overboard for every time you do some something, but do put some milestones in there that you can celebrate. Right. For some of us, celebrating is, you know, we open up, you know, our favorite bottle of bubbly or whatever it is we like to sip on. And maybe for somebody else, you know, they're going to buy themselves a new Mercedes Benz, whatever it is, right, somewhere along the continuum. But or maybe it's just that I get to go and share with my family and we spend an evening over dinner and I get to share my my success with them. Yeah. And and we can keep it within reason. Right. Uh, And keeping those rewards somewhat balanced. So maybe not buying the Mercedes off of like, you know, you, you wrote for five minutes, but, uh, <laughs> but just even say, hey, you know what? I enjoyed that. No, I, I might have a, an extra glass of tea today or something. Mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. looking for some ways to, to, to celebrate what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So along those lines, speaking of celebration, I, I always like to have a place in my show when we're talking about this kind, these kinds of practical how-to stuff, Mel, is to give our listeners some, some stories of how you've been able to help people transform their careers and create a kinetic life. So you mentioned one of your mentees right now, but do you have a story or maybe two of, that you can share with us? Yes, and if you don't mind, I'd like to provide a, a share an example of when I was working with a team, an organization, and then I also work with some individuals, uh, show you some individuals too. Sure. Uh, so one of my clients, they're based in Las Vegas, and I had done some things for their other organization, helping them with the rotation programs and so on and so forth, and they said, hey, Mal, can you help us with our leadership team? So, yeah, no problem. And their challenge was everybody was operating in silos. They had about like eight or nine people on the team, and nobody was really talking to each other. They weren't sharing information. They're all very senior folks. Uh, the organization size was about 600 employees, but they weren't talking. And since they weren't talking, they weren't moving forward. And so one of the things I did for this group was, first, before we even had an offsite, I had a conversation with everyone. And one of the people that was part of the group, she was their finance person. And she said, Mel, these guys will not talk to me. They feel I'm trying to beat up on them every time I come to them. But I just need their numbers so I can go get them their 
the money that they need to fund their projects. I said, no problem. Hey, let, thank you for telling me. I can say things in all side that you cannot say, but we'll get there and we'll, we'll fix that for you. And so one of the primary things that we focused on on that first offsite was purpose. Was helping them define their purpose and what their audacious goal was. Because the thing is this, if everybody's not on the same page with saying why we exist as an organization, everybody's going to do something a little bit different. And then also the other part is that we brought in more conversations. I brought in conversations to where they can actually get to know each other as part of a check-in on where they can know each other on a work-wise and also on a personal basis. Because guess what? We are who we are everywhere we go. Uh, so we got the team aligned. They started connecting, collaborating even more so even during the off-site. And so six weeks later, when I went to go meet with each person individually to find out how are they doing on their goals that they set, she came in and literally she was like in tears. She's like, hey, Mel. They talk to me. They reach out to me now. I can do my job. And I thought that was, that was phenomenal because think about it. How hard is that to go to work and have to battle for 40 hours a week? And now it's all, it was completely turned around because now they're, they have an alignment, they have a goal, and they also know each other's role and how to get there as a team. Beautiful, Mel. That's beautiful. And right, because we all get up in the morning or whenever it is that we go to go to work, whether it's evening, morning, afternoon, and we're, we're really there to make a difference. We're not there just to, you know, to punch the clock. We want to matter. And so what's beautiful about the work that you got to do with them is that you helped her matter. Yes. It's beautiful. Yeah. You had another example you were going to share? Yeah. So, so one other example, and this is one just stepping out of your normal comfort zone. And so when I was at Microsoft, I managed a global rotation program for new college hires. And I had a young lady that was in my program. And her goal was she wanted to become a developer. So you had to do four rotations uh, within the program, each one six months in duration. She said, no, Mel, I want to be a developer. I want to be a developer. I want to be a developer. I want to write code. I said, all right, I got it. Check it out. This is what I want you to go do. I want you to go do a role as a program manager for six months, just to where you can peer into their mindset and understand what they need, and you'll be able to write better code according to their requirements. I don't want to do that. So just go do it. Trust me, it'll work out. So she came back about like four weeks later. Oh, I love this. And then later on, she's like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. And so now she's like a senior program manager. <laughs> Awesome. She's been doing it for like eight years, but it took that little push for her to step out into that unknown territory that kind of made her a little bit nervous, but then she got it, and then she loved it. Mm-hmm. Mm, and her career taken off completely from there. She's never looked back. Oh. Well, and Lena, one of the big reasons I do the work that I do is, I mean, I know that work is going to account for about 40% of our lives. And if we're not happy at work, we're not happy in life. And also our family life suffers, the dog suffers, our children suffer, everybody suffers. And so that's one of the major reasons I'm so committed to staying and helping people discover their passion, purpose, and inspiration through their work. Yes. Great story. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we're almost out of time here, Mel, but if we can... 
um, I think that our, our listeners might want to better understand, maybe you've already started, you've been addressing it somewhat through these examples, but you help companies transform their talent in your role as a talent architect. That sounds really awesome and heady, but how is it first that companies come to understand that they actually need this kind of help? What would be the signs? So I would say some of the signs are, one, is several different, and all of these are not always connected, but sometimes it's turnover. Sometimes it's uh, inefficiencies in regards to attaining or achieving your core goals, right? The other part could also be from a standpoint of not just quality suffering, but your morale and organization is suffering, right? You still might be doing really great things, but man, are you burning people out? Is it a toxic environment? And so some of those things there come into play. Uh, The other aspect is if you have one goal, but it seems like you're going in five different directions. And so if everybody on the team is doing something a little bit different, I can help you with all these things. Because a lot of, go ahead. No, I've just just acknowledged, go ahead. So a lot of times what I've found is that one, it's communication needs to be improved and increased. So I help organizations with their internal connections and communications, not not from an email standpoint, but just how they communicate and interact with each other, but also from an, an alignment. Getting everyone in the same direction, same goal, one voice. And people following that, I think, is so key. It's not an overnight experience, but it's one, once you said it, you have to continue to refine it. Just like, like when you're typing in, uh, directions in your phone, guess what? Sometimes we go veer off course, and then the GPS says, oh, make a left, make a left, and get us back on track, right? And so those same type of things happen with organizations. They sure do. I, we encounter them right and left, and yes. I guess that's. I'm grateful that I I get to be able to work with them to help them, as I know you are. But yes, yes, it's easy to get off track. Yes. So we're getting to the close the close here, Mel, and I always like to be able to to give my my guests the the last word. So you know, this show is listened to on a global level, and that most of the listeners are either hungry to discover their purpose, they're leaders who want to become a better leader, more effective at what they do, to be able to instill that passion, inspiration, and purpose in their workforce. What would you like to leave our listeners with today? So first, I wanted to to encourage you to push towards it. To one, finding your passion, purpose, and audacious goal. I think that is key. Define those items for what's in your heart because that's going to help you get and move in that direction that you want to be in. Also, again, focus on what's in your head, your focus and influence, and then take action with your body. But also find those, find that group of people that are moving perhaps a little bit faster than you that are moving in a direction that you want to move that you could also learn from. At the same time, bring somebody with you. Because guess what? We all are where we are today because of the help that we've received at different points in time in our life. And so therefore, also help others grow. Because when you help someone else grow, you grow at the same time. Wow, Mel, what a beautiful way to finish. Not surprising that you would share something like that from that beautiful soul of yours. I thank you so much for being my guest and sharing your heart and your soul with our listeners across the globe. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. It's been fun. Me too.
So listeners, if you want to learn more about Melrick Mitchell, his book, or the work he does developing talent in organizations, visit his website. It's driveinfluence.com. Again, driveinfluence.com. Last week, if, if you missed the live show, you can always catch it being re- recorded podcast. We were on the air with Maria Fuller, who is on a complete tear to empl- empower girls to, to change the world. We talked about the movement she has birthed, her podcast, and the unique Empower Girls app she created herself. She shows just what you can do when you are passionate about something, let me tell you. Next week, we'll be on the air with Paul Skinner. He's the author of Collaborative Advantage, How Collaboration Beats Competition as a Strategy for Success. Paul's also the founder of the Agency of the Future and the creator of the social enterprise called Pimp My Cause. I promise you'll be inspired to run after your dreams and purpose when you listen to this conversation. See you there. And remember that work is at least one third of our lives. So let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.